Keena Chadwick was appointed to fill a vacancy on the Ben Lapine School Board in December 2022. They're seeking to serve the remaining two years on the board in the May election. This conversation is being recorded on April 14th, 2023. Keena Chadwick, welcome to the Radical Songbook. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking some time. So I think the first question I want to ask you is just can you tell your tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So uh, first and foremost, I am a parent to two young children. Um, one of them currently goes to a Ben Lapine school, and um, my little guy, he will be going to one in about another year or so. Um, and really, you know, when I... I moved here, I kind of jumped into a lot of different things, volunteering, and um, within the past year, I really had a good look at where I want to spend my time and energy, and um, it's really all about investing in Bend. So currently, I sit on the um, core area advisory board, which is responsible for you know providing guidance to city council and how to develop the whole, um, you know, the new central business district um and i do all of this with a lens of equity so you know ensuring that there are you know a good amount of disabled parking available to folks and thinking about how are people going to get around is this place accessible um you know to people who don't have cars to people who walk or ride their bikes or skateboard um and then similarly, you know, I, I, students and youth, um, I say this all the time, they're going to be running the town someday. And I think investing in our students is truly the greatest thing that we can do for our community. Um, you know, investing in public schools is, I think, one of the number one things we can do for our democracy. Um, yeah, and the other piece is that, um, you know, in my profession, I work in organizational development and employee engagement research. So what that means is companies will hire my company. Um, we do a tailored survey for them, and then we run a regression analysis, and we tell them, you know, what questions or what areas of a company are most important. Um, to their employees, what keeps them going. And when you think about the, you know, the crisis that our teachers are going through right now and um, with just, you know, unprecedented uh, education disruption and students, um, you know, being dysregulated, uh, this is very, very much applicable to what's going on right now in the district. The district is an organization just like any other any other place. You've only been on the, the school board for a couple of months, a few months, <laughs> I guess I should say. Uh, mm -hmm. But but what is your how what's your feeling about what you've experienced so far and what this board has has accomplished? And um, what would you like to focus your attention on? What are your goals if you're elected yeah. to serve the rest of this term? Yeah, well, I'll start. I'll start with my my goals. So my number one goal, my number one priority is well-being for teachers and students. 
Um, you know, I, I had hoped, I really hoped that during the pandemic that teachers would finally, um, you know, get the support and resources and rewards that they so deserve and need. Um, and, you know, it, it almost feels like the opposite happened, right? Um, folks wanted to jump right back in and take off where we left off before the pandemic. But, um, I mean, like I said, I work with hundreds of organizations and, um, you know, there's no going back to normal. Um, there will be a new normal. And um, our students, a lot of our students are very much in this fight or fight mode right now. Um, you know, students who had a hard time before the pandemic, they're having an even harder time now. And um, students who may have been okay are now feeling, you know, effects of that also. And teachers, teachers are you know, needed to, you know, help help students who are um, going through some behavioral issues and having some dysregulation issues, and they're not able to teach. It's, so it's almost like, you know, it's exponentially gotten worse for teachers. Um, so student and teacher well-being is my number one priority. The number two priority for me is um, the importance of representation uh, both in our staff, educators, and the school board. So currently, they do not represent the diversity of our students who attend Ben the Pine schools. And, um, you know, as someone who is uh, BIPOC and queer, non-binary, um, I know how important that is. I was, you know, fortunate enough where I got accepted to go to Upward Bound, which, for those who don't know, is a federal program um, from the Department of Education who focuses on youth with, you know, potential to to be first-generation college graduates or um, who have disabilities or um, who are low-income. And what that means is that, you know, upward – I went to school during the summertime, and that's where the most influential people in my life um, – saw me and and saw strengths in me. These were black and brown educators who went to Harvard and Yale and Brown. Um, and that, like I said, that has been the most significant um, time in my life, really, um, that was throughout high school. And so I know the importance of having people who look like you um, as examples, right? Um so yeah, diversity diversity matters. I mean, I've heard it from heard it from high schoolers, middle schoolers. Um, they want to see people who look like them, and they want people to get to know who they are. Um, and then, you know, increased opportunities for parents and caregivers to connect with educators and the school board. Um, you know, in the top three issues when when something goes down, communication is always in the top three. And um, and I say this when I say this, I say it with you know folks who truly have an intention of trying to understand something. 
and um, who are not just, you know, they're going to make a fuss for the heck of it, right? But truly, really want to connect and um, either make a difference or understand where something is coming from. Um, but truly, that community engagement. Um, and then the last piece is more peer-to-peer mentorship. So, I mean, one phenomenal example of that is Youthline, right? And um, where students can speak with other students when they're having issues or suicidal ideation. Um, Like I said, I've heard it from students themselves. They want to connect with students from other schools. Um, And when you think about it, this is exactly what we need to be doing as a community in Bend, different districts need to be connecting with each other, um, you know, to lift up students and lift up youth in Bend. Um, so those are my priorities. You know, what I would say is that even some of the language that I hear when folks are presenting data about our students, right, um, you know, often they're still talking in this um in this dominant culture language. So rather than calling out students of color, or people of color or black and brown students, you know, people are still referring to them as non-white. And that, I mean, this is 2023. And, um, you know, so, so, so starting that or enabling that conversation to go further about, you know, even just how important our language is, right? I mean, what if what if a student of color heard that? They're being, re- I mean, they do hear it. They're being referred to as non-white. Um, so yeah, I think the the district has 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 some good goals, and they have a good start. Um, and I'm there to keep pushing them to be as inclusive as they can. Are you familiar with the work of the Restorative Justice and Equity Group here in Bend? Yes. Yeah. Have you what's your what's your thoughts on they they I, I raise that because they are I know that they are also involved in, in similar kinds of things, bringing students of color together uh, mm-hmm. to talk about talk about what's happening in their lives at school. Yeah. So you know, and 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 all this didn't the focus on. BIPOC and queer kids did not just randomly appear. So, um, you know, I've shared it before, the importance of the Youth Truth Survey. And like I said, survey work, that's that's my life. Um, organizations hire us to do that and how to make their organizations more productive. And when we look at the Youth Truth data, queer kids specifically are, you know, when you ask them, how they feel about their life or what's their perspective about their life, how favorable is that. Queer kids are in the bottom quartile where all other students are in the top quartile. Like that's a significant difference. It's not just, you know, it's not just less favorable by like four points or something. It's a massive shift. And, um, and students of color are also, um, you know, less, less favorable or, just not having as good of an experience as, you know, other students. Um, But, yeah, so as far as work with restorative justice and equity, um, so I was actually a facilitator at their recent town hall um, at uh, Ben CLCC, which meant that I got to 
facilitate table discussions with about um, eight students from different high schools, and um, which, by the way, is like the most rewarding thing ever. And um, despite a lot of the uh, adversities that they do experience in their schools, um, it also gives me some hope, which I'm really... I don't typically like that word because I feel like a lot of folks have sat in hope for a really long time. Um, but these students are really forward thinking. Um, and frankly, they know how it feels to be treated poorly. And um, they don't want people to feel that way. And and they are active and they want to do what they can so that they could better their schools. The school board being a policy body, how do you see your role in working on those kinds of issues with for students on behalf of students so one of the roles of a school board is is leveraging i also don't like the word power but i'm going to say it um leveraging you know the power and authority that you have to advocate for what students want right um like i said i you know i've spent time planning different programs and conferences for students and you know, they tell us what they want. Like these are student-led programs. And you know what I hear from students, I advocate for. So similarly to the Core Area Advisory Board, when we're talking about, okay, what kind of permits can we provide to existing businesses in the core area, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, are are those instructions or guidance in other languages like Spanish? Um, like I said, are we building, are we thinking about space um, for folks who are disabled? And so this is very similar to um, when we're looking at different policies. How is this going to improve the daily life of students and teachers? Who is missing? Um, from these policies, um, are, is everyone being considered? What can the school board do and the district and school staff, for that matter, do to um, make students feel safer emotionally and physically, I guess is what I, the way I would want to say it? I would love to see more counselors in schools. I would love to see actual wellness teams so that teachers don't have to... Um, you know, stop teaching to be, you know, all these other things, right? And to actually have, you know, we're starting to see um, more support in schools, um, but I don't think we're there yet. Um, you know, the the, the school, you know, we had, um, you know, the great thing is that the school district is putting greater emphasis on equity and they also, we also recognize that, um, you know, teachers need more help more than ever. They need more support than ever. And that's why we're honing in on, um, actually, there's a new task force that was recently formed. And I think it consists of like 30 people, um, different kinds of constituents, um, in coming together with teachers and coming up with a plan to support them. Under the guise of parental rights, as you well know, there's been just a 
in my view, there's been kind of a coordinated national campaign directed at school boards with a variety of of demands um, that they were pandemic related. Um, there's, you know, uh, concerns about what students are being taught uh, about race and racism, demands that books be banned. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And, and what role do you think parents should play in public education? I believe that parents should be involved. I also believe that the beauty of public school is that it's a part of our democracy. And, um, you know, the classics have been around forever. And, um, you know, the classic literature doesn't show families um, like my family. Um, rarely ever do you see people of color. Um, I don't think I've ever... <laughs> read, read anything when in you know in when I, in, in when I was elementary school or I don't know maybe even through high school where it mentioned any people who were um, queer. But frankly, like I know the effect of it as a brown person. You know, I've definitely been affected by that. You know, questioning what's wrong with me, what's wrong with my skin. So parents can decide what their students are going to read. And that is a right that every family has. So, you know, some family decides they don't want to read anything about queer people or brown or black people. You know, like I said, that's the beauty of our democracy. But it is an issue when you try to eliminate certain books for everyone. Because then you're infringing on other people's rights. Um, you're entitled to your own the same way that others are. And honestly, like... When everything boils down, you know, I think about what is that feeling that those folks are experiencing when they don't want to have their children read books that have black and brown students or read books about, you know, that have queer characters. What are they really trying to get at? I recently had a parent-teacher conference. And, um, you know, one of my children was building out a book on Lewis and Clark. And I think there was one tiny component of that that even mentioned Native folks. I mean, that's massive. We're all living on Native land. And then to have a lesson about Lewis and Clark and not spending as much time as, you know, you do as <laughs> the folks who are exploring, right? Um, so why isn't that in our curriculum? Why aren't people talking about that? What other concerns do you have in terms of um, student achievement uh, issues in the district? Wellness is my number one priority for te for teachers and for students. And I think wellness and academic achievement should go hand in hand. If students are still in this fight or flight mode, there's no way that they could be doing their best work, right? Um, I don't know. If, if if you're a writer, I mean, just in general, just like having, having a place where, um, you know, if students are hungry, they can't learn. Um, if students feel terrible about themselves, they can't learn. Um, so ensuring that kids have these resources 
Um, it, and it's it's really just being healthy. It's kind of, you know, it's a foundation. If you don't have your foundation, it's going to be a lot harder to have excellence. You know, one of the things that came out of the youth truth data was that, you know, some a lot of students want to be challenged, which is great. And I totally agree that that's, that's where we need to go. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm running for school board, because like I said, these kids are going to be running the town. Um, why wouldn't we challenge them? And I think it's also difficult to challenge things if we don't have that foundational piece where kids are able to, you know, not be worrying about other things in the classroom aside from just le- from learning. So I always like to ask my guests if there's anything that um, I should have asked you that I didn't, uh, or any or anything that else beyond that that you want our listeners to know about you and your campaign. Really, I would say the importance of this election. I mean, personally for me, I well, we mail in our ballots now, but when <laughs> when I used to actually go to the voting booth, I mean, voting day is like Christmas for me. I absolutely love it. It's so powerful. And I would say that not enough folks vote, um, and especially in these special elections, right? And this is, we're talking about the future of Bend here. We're talking about the future of um, of where we live um, when we're, when we're voting for, for school board. Um, the other piece, you know, like, you know, when I think about folks who contribute to my campaign, funds are coming from like regular folks. Okay. Um, I recently learned that one of my opponents just uh, paid KTVZ about almost $17,000 for, for ads on the television. Like there's no way that I can compete with that. And so truly I am here because like I said, I have young kids in the district I have a personal investment in it, and really, I would love any kind of support. Um, cause like, like I said, I I can't drop thousands of dollars to run TV ads, um, but the importance is that people vote. Um, so yeah, we're we're working on um, how to get out the vote more, and you know, one of the greatest things that a couple students have said to me is that just having people show up makes the world of difference. So I'm hoping folks will show up and hopefully they will lend me their vote. And how can people get involved in uh, your campaign, in touch with your campaign? People can email info at kinafororegon.com. I check that personally. I don't have someone else checking it for me. So, yeah, reach out, send me your email or your your phone number, um, and that's what campaigning is all about. It's about getting to know your neighbors. You know, we all have some kind of commonality, and it is our, you know, it's our strengths and differences. Alkina Chadwick, thanks so much for joining me here on the Radical Songbook. Thank you. I appreciate it.